Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Big Rant. Uh, every week we pick a topic and we go into a deep dive on it. Usually it's something that's kind of near and dear to our hearts. This week it's something that is a uh, pretty serious topic, so we're not going to joke around too much here at the beginning, but uh, there's been a lot going on in the U.S. with regards to mass shootings, especially the school shooting in uh, Uvalde, Texas, and shooting in Buffalo, which we talked about in the previous episode. Uh, I think there was also a shooting in Southern California at a church. Uh, there was another shooting in, in Illinois, Ohio. Illinois. Ohio. Yeah. Um, by my count, there have been, uh, not my count, but in the research that I did, there's been 27 school shootings uh, just alone in the United States so far in 2022, and over 250 what they categorize as mass shootings. Um, and a mass shooting is defined typically by four or more people um, I- involved in the attack. So right. I don't, I don't really, and I'm not trying to cut you off, but nope. let me go back to something you said. Yeah, we, we, our conversations are really just like our thoughts about it, and this is just something that is perplexingly weird to me. The more I, I, I get around it. A um, couple weekends ago, went to, um, or was it, I don't remember when it was. My house is a mess. Things are falling apart. My my routines are, are like all botched. But some friends invited us over to their house. And we're sitting around, and one of my friends was physically angry. Like physically angry. Talking about Uvalde. And... Like, I've never seen him, like, I've seen him upset, and but we're always typically just having a good time. But if you've ever noticed somebody when they're physically ang- angry, they fidget, and their hand movements get kind of, like, you know, not erratic, but they, they move their hands a lot. They're, they're, they, they arch, and it's just really, it was really noticeable. And he just said, we should kill this motherfucker basically you know and i'm like whoa 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 slow down maurice i've never like i've never heard him talk about that but he's also very like he's the type of guy that when our our kids go to movies when they're especially now our our group has less and less young people but he takes all the kids to the movies and whenever they want he spoils them like they're his own kids right and like he was just so angry um and I, I, it was like ten of us sitting on the on the deck. And I was like, "All right, let's try something out." Start at the very beginning of like you know the line. Hey, what would you do to solve it? And what happened was somebody would start to say something, and then somebody would cut them off. And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. nope! You've got to give this person a chance to say what they would do to solve it." And we struggled through that for the first three or four people with having people not cut somebody else off and get their complete thoughts out. And this is 10 people, literally 10 people. And at the end of the exercise, it said, everybody here has got, you know, you know, propositions on how we can solve this. And, um, I didn't ask who owned guns. I didn't ask who was like, uh, I, I, I'll leave it at that because it's not a second amendment thing with most of my friends. It's about people that want to own guns. And two of them are like, well, yeah, I'm like, they're like, we own guns. I'm like, yeah, I can totally tell by your answer. <laughs> like, 
not and they didn't present their bias with their answer but i could tell their their bent towards guns with their answer right they didn't have to say well you know i don't want anybody to take my guns away or anything like that it was just that you could tell if you read in between the lines that they own they actually own weapons right um and i said just want to let everybody know that everybody gave good answers and the reason why we can't solve it is because we can't get through 10 people and people you know present their ideas on how to solve it and listen for the commonalities and listen for actual solutions we can't get through 10 people in just a simple exercise and reminding people not to cut the other person off long enough to get to the end of the line and it just really opened my eyes that a lot of times I don't think we're divided I think that we're reacting to the sense of inaction. Like, Uvalde could be the youngest group of kids that were murdered, but Parkland and uh, uh, Columbine and, and, and Stony, uh, what was the other? Sandy Hook. Uh, Sandy Hook. There's, we can, as a country, we watch the youngest of our population get murdered in Buffalo and in the church in, in, in California, we watch the elderly. So we can we can dispose of the the most vulnerable at the youngest end of the spectrum to the oldest end of the spectrum and do absolutely nothing continuously and nobody says anything, nobody cares, and it's not a vote, it's not something to get your base riled up on. The elites who dominate our culture tell us that firearms lie at the root of the problem. By elites, I refer to some of the most powerful politicians and their allies in the media, the leaders of the largest corporations and many of the most famous celebrities, and those who echo and amplify them. And that message has got, I, I don't know, I just, that's, that's my brain dump on that. But we've literally watched for years now the youngest and the oldest, the most vulnerable from each end of the spectrum, get murdered, assassinated, and not to mention the church in South Carolina, just brutally and do nothing year after year. And you're saying in 2022, and it's like June, there have been 27 shootings in schools. Extrapolate those numbers out. What happens by the end of the year? And I think, I don't know. I mean, like, I struggle to come up with a solution as well, honestly. Like, Hold on a second. You know, or, yeah. yeah. I want to jump in here real quick because I, I just Go looked ahead. it up. This, there's a website. It's um, gunviolencearchive.org, and they keep track of every mass shooting episode in the United States. According to their records, there were 21 mass shooting events in just this month alone. And if you read into further, NPR did a similar thing. And their tally is 246 mass shootings just this year, so far. That is horrific. <laughs> Two over 200 mass shootings. We're not even. We're barely halfway through the year. Yeah, I mean, 2022 is on pace to match the level of gun violence that we saw last year, which was the highest level of gun violence since they started recording these statistics. So what, I mean, what's, like, things what's aren't getting any better, right? There's, the solutions are, I think we can, like people say common sense solutions. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Well, tell me what's common sense when it comes to guns, right? Can we remove the argument of the Second Amendment from gun control? No. And if we can do that, we can probably <laughs> solve some things. Should we be able to? Yes. Can we? I don't. I don't think that people are willing to have that. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't. I don't think that enough people are willing to look at it like that. I think that that is the fallback more often than not. When everything else fails, it all it will eventually come back to well, it's in the Constitution. It's not in the Constitution. Well, it's in the Bill of Rights. It's not in the Bill of Rights. It's the Second Amendment. Well, my point being, <laughs> both things are false, right? <laughs> Contextually, even for like, yeah. I mean, even I, f- I agree. Like the whole argument of the Second Amendment was not each individual should be able to own whatever weapons they want that are intended to kill people or intended to kill. Not even necessarily people. Like it's that a well-regulated militia should have the right to bear arms, and uh, obviously the well-regulated part and the militia part. Are, you throw that out the window. Well, that you know, they didn't really mean that. We can interpret what they meant, right? And <laughs> now, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Part of it comes back to a Supreme Court ruling from a while back, where they basically decided that in this Supreme Court ruling that the Second Amendment did actually mean that people, individuals. Yeah, but that's what's frustrating about that argument is that even the last four people, three three people appointed to the Supreme Court are supposed to be like quasi uh, constitutional scholars, right? And tradition traditionalists, where they take the text as it meant, Mm -hmm. uh, except for uh, Judge Jackson. Uh, So, if that's true, then that means that they're they were liars then; they're liars now, because. The term militia, even in historical context, has nothing to do with, like, citizen. It has to do with a group of citizens that are charged with defending said territory. Right. Namely, the states, right, was right. the the end uh, kind of goal there, was that the states themselves should have the rights to maintain their own regulated militias so that should the federal government overstep its bounds or, you know, become akin to what they were experience, had experienced under British rule where there were... And or know, European, the, right? Exactly. Yeah, because, not just, just British, yeah. but yeah. Um, that the states would have the ability to then fight back and that the federal government essentially wasn't allowed to tell the states, well, you can't have your own militias. Um, the hypocrisy is that we have National Guards in, through, you know, throughout the... Uh, the, the territories or states or yeah. commonwealth so throughout the you know entire country and that is a a regulated key term uh, militia that supersedes so you get you can't have it both ways you, you yeah. can't say that uh well it means militia no but it means citizens well which one is it because if it's militias then that means that states don't have the right to have a a air national guard Army National Guard, uh, they can't support the Coast Guard, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I'm confused. So which one is it? Is it a, rel- a well-regulated militia that's actually 
which is probably in most state constitutions, supported and, and vouched for and people can, are okay with that? Or is it every Joe Blow that wants to buy a, a pistol? Well, and then, it, I mean, I start, yeah, and Joe's eyes got really big. I'm sorry. Um, to me, then the next the next logical step is, all right, let's say that, let's for this, the sake of this argument say, okay, it is individuals, right? Citizens individually have the right to own, to bear arms, according to the, the second right or the second amendment. Um, what level of arms, right? Should citizens be allowed to own nuclear weapons? Some people say yes, that ultimately, like, if I want to buy a nuclear bomb, I should be able to buy a nuclear bomb. If I want to buy a tank, I should be able to buy a tank. If I want to buy an F-16, I should be able to buy an F-16. Um, I, so I would argue, like, I would even push back and say, well, if you're going to say take that in a um, abstract, literal manner, then you should get a musket. Right. Like, all you should be able to have is a, mu- a musket. That's it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's obviously when, if it, the intention was for individual citizens to be able to own whatever firearms they wanted, at the time there weren't, you know, the types of weapons that we have today. I'm not even right. going to use the term assault weapons because I know that that's a very uh, sore subject for some people. But, but just, why is that sore? Like, a... a, a a gun's intent, its sole objective is to kill something. Yep. Like you, like if we're gonna like dance around that fact, and you say, "Well, I use it to hunt." Well, you're killing something. You're not like you're not gonna wing the duck. You're not gonna wing the deer. The, the ducks already have wings. Yeah, you're you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna try to clip it and see if it fights back. You're trying to kill it, right? Right. Um, so let's let's call it for what it is. It's a weapon to kill something. I've heard people argue that the reason that it's a that citizens should be allowed to own AR-15s is because it's effective for clearing herds of wild pigs. Let's go find some pigs. Today we're going down to Texas. We're going to take our thermals and we're hunting hogs. Tonight I'm feeling me highly addictive way to hunt. You're up all night, you sleep during the day, you're the ultimate predator. <laughs> Which supposedly do damage to crops and farms and livestock and all this other stuff. And so I'm these sorry, farmers- that, that sounded like code for anti-police um, officers. <laughs> no, and literally like wild, like packs of wild pigs that live. And we all live. We all have that problem. That's why I don't go outside. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I struggle. I, to I me, struggle. it's like there's got to be a different way to do that. Like an AR-15 can't be the only way. We've survived. We survived for a long time against the, these packs, marauding packs of wild pigs <laughs> without AR-15s. You know, like, sure, maybe it is more effective than other manners. Maybe it is the most effective way. That doesn't mean that that supersedes the rights of individuals to not have to fear going to school, to not have to fear going to a movie theater, you know, that, not have to fear of, going um, to church that or line the grocery of irrational store. Logic is like saying, I'm buying a tank to till my fields. Yes, right. it, can, it can technically do that, especially with all the, all the different attachments Germans have. But just get a fucking tractor. Yeah. Stay no, in your I mean, lane. 
you're not wrong. Like, there's... I don't know. That's where I feel like so much of these conversations end up being, in in a lot, lot of ways, disingenuous. You know, that there's not you an feel, actual true. desire for a solution of any kind. That ultimately people are more than happy to sacrifice the lives of others in order for them to have what it is that they want. Well, I'm, I'm stuck on like some research I, I've done like a couple times on when some things became uh, politically charged, whether that be abortion, uh, well, probably before that, segregation, abortion, yep. um, uh, the Second Amendment. These are nothing more than it's, you know, I hate the term, but it is the red meat for the quote unquote base. Um, I don't, I, I genuinely do not believe that, that this country cares. Like, I, I just don't think it care, it cares. The, the thing that goes back to my mind is uh, Ted Cruz, like running away from the whole American exceptionalism thing. But why does this only happen in your country? I really think that's what many people around the world just, they cannot fathom. Why only in America? Why is this American exceptionalism so awful? You know, I'm sorry you think American exceptionalism is awful. I think I, this I think, aspect, I think, I think this I, aspect you know of it. You get your political agenda. No, it's God, honestly, God love you. Senator, it's not. I just want to understand why you do not think that guns are the problem. Why is this just an American problem? And... That's that hilarious. I could watch that time and time again. And we talked about it way back in the day where I was just, I'm anti this whole American exceptionalism thing. We're not an exceptional country. Like, but then the why do people come here by the thousands every day to the, because it's the freest, the greatest, the most prosperous country in the world, in the history of the world? No one has ever done what the United States has done. Thank you, good day. No more questions. I don't questions. think anybody else would want to, as bad as they're doing it. So, <laughs> to be fair, with the bumps and bruises and the flaws this country has, it's still a pretty good country. But yes. I think the term American exceptionalism, it, it, it overshadows the reality of the country. It, yeah, it whitewashes all of the issues right. that we do face and that we have faced over the 250 plus year history of the country itself. You know, like that's well, 240 seven sure. almost okay. i'm not gonna knock in your math but well yeah doing it, doing my, it on the fly here people <laughs> we don't we uh, point countries their name their ages they get very sensitive about that oh you're the one telling your computer she looks fat in those jeans so and it worked my, didn't my, it? <laughs> <laughs> my point being is that it's kind of like when you go to negotiate a deal you don't walk in the room saying I have more money than you. I have more resources than you. You're going to bend to my will. Unless you're Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> and then you walk out of the room saying, I don't know how many bots you have. <laughs> yeah. Put it on the table to get chopped off, basically, right? Like, that's yeah. not how people build relationships. You don't, you don't build relationships boasting first. Uh, because often, more times than not, you get knocked down a, a few pegs. And I, I think that's, that's in in large part what's happening to this country. People, when 
when foreign countries, I think it's Germany, says when you visit the United States, don't go to the mall. Don't go to the movie theaters. Because we want you to come back home. Because our country's not safe. Um, don't go to the mall before 11 a.m. because they're closed. <laughs> I found that out today. Just Well, if your city has a mall, then there's something wrong. Because Wellington <laughs> still has a mall. Huh? And there's so plenty of shootings in and around <laughs> it, and they still have that mall. Yeah, man, malls are closing like uh, just closing. I, I, no, I have but I, to get back to your point about American exceptionalism, I think it's something that I've struggled with mentally lately. Is this idea that like I don't love my country the way that it is right now, but I love the idea of what this country aspires to be. You know, like what this country could be if we just kind of got out of our own way on certain things. I I don't disagree. Like um, I was talking to one of my sons about this and like he got pretty like I used to get pretty defensive when people talk crap about the states. But the reality is when you look at like fun fact, right? Um, kids. My son's age, and I have a pretty good spectrum, in Norway, the same demographic are the wealthiest, they're the, uh, when you look at those Norwegian kids to, that, to their peers and the rest of the, of the EU, they are the wealthiest. They're not broke. They're not like struggling to pay off college debt. And that's the future of their country. But when you look at the states, kids are moving back home. You can't find jobs. They're buried in, in uh you know, student loans and et cetera, et cetera. If you look at, at, at Germany, most kids either go to trade school and or college, depending on how they do by their sophomore year. They're not buried by debt. They're not, you know, they're able to start their lives. They're not trying to, they, they aspire to things that are attainable for them in their environment. And that's not to excuse all the other issues that they have. There's a you know big push towards nationalism and, and, and racist tendencies in, uh, in Europe right now, and I totally get that. But I'm going to just say, like, if we, don't, we, if we want to look at category by category of things that we say we're the best in, we're not the best in everything. But I'd much rather say, as a country, we can collaborate with other countries that are doing well and or exceptional in certain areas and learn from them, as opposed to coming in and saying, well, Amer you know, we own democracy, do you remember January 6th? We own liberty and freedom. People are afraid to go to the grocery store now. We can't send our kids to school because they could get assassinated. In countries that have better gun control, in countries that have had mass shootings, like Norway is another example. The last one that happened was 20 plus years ago. New Zealand had happened. They banned assault rifles. But we have to go back and, and look at this archaic interpretation of the Second Amendment as an excuse. We don't value the things that we say we, we, we value. Demo what does democracy mean anymore? It doesn't mean what we think it means because the results are pretty negative. So American <laughs> exceptionalism doesn't mean I don't mean doesn't mean I don't love my country. My parents served in the military. I, you know, I have family members that have lived and died and served this country. I, my heritage is a heritage of slavery in this country. So if I really, really didn't want to be here, 
sure, I probably would have left by now. But I do believe, to your point, in what this country could be. Do I believe we have the uh, the the commitment to get to that? I don't believe that. I think it's certainly what we're struggling with right now, you know, and have been. It's not like this is brand new, you know, no, twenty twenty two. I think it's something that I mean, really, like we've struggled with it from the very beginning, you know, like the 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 Declaration of Independence, right? Said we hold these truths to be self-evident: that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these our life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Right? Like Except for the people that are building the country. You're Yeah. Eventually you can be worth three fifths of the vote. Yeah. Eventually you'll get what is it, uh twenty acres and a mule? Yeah. And never I mean, you get it on you yeah. get it on paper, you don't actually get it. No, it was an idea. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh and, oh wait, were you here before we got here? And we definitely don't think you're equal. Oh yeah, you're <laughs> dead. We'll segment off you some land so you can live peacefully. Oh, wait, we need part of that land. Those of you that we leave alive. (laughs) I mean, these are the things that, I mean, but, and now we're at a point where, you know, we, like, we talk about United States education, American education, like, we're trying to hide these blemishes, right? And I use the word blemish, obviously, very loosely, because this is more, this is like a gaping sore, this is not, you know, a pimple on the history of the United States. These are things, these are atrocities that were committed, not by us, the people that are here right now, but by the people who founded this country. By, and, and the people who have carried on that torch throughout. And to sit here and say, like, well, whatever they did to get us to the point we are now has to have been acceptable. To say that the, the ends justify the means, and that where we are now is an end that is worth justifying those means for is beyond logical to me. The, like hypocrisy, I just, I, the hypocrisy that we display on the world stage is amazing. And, and for those people that say, well, we are, you know, the country on the hill or whatever crap that is. And then they try to say, well, my faith says this. Well, my faith says, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye when you have a log in your own eye? So it's kind of hard for me to to pretend like you know, so if you don't know that verse from from Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount, um, it's basically why are you looking at what's wrong with your friend when he's got like a little tiny thing on his shirt, and you got ketchup all on the front of your shirt? Like you're gonna forget all about you spilling ketchup, but just to you know criticize somebody else. A lot of times the country that's where we're leaning to. A lot of times we wonder why we can't get out of our own way. It's because we. We want to be the world's, you know, we want to be. We believe that we can be, and maybe we can be. We can be a symbol of democracy across the globe and show that it does work. Now, the thing that I will say, I will give this country credit for, 250 years, one of the youngest countries on the planet. That's all we got. That's the that's the best thing, and I think that we play this <laughs> we play this edge pretty We're a well. Baby country, and that's the best thing we can say about ourselves. We don't know any better. We we pulled out a lot. If you look at comparatively to other countries, France, Germany, uh, uh, Italy, uh, 
northern Africa, Egypt, Libya. Yeah. Uh, Liberia is a new country; it didn't really exist before. Uh, South Africa was it didn't used to be South Africa into colonial China, Russia, China, Japan. Yeah. like we are a young country that has taken the taken the mistakes of the past and have that gave us a pretty good head start to accelerate throughout history. Nothing about this country was exceptional. It's just that you had a bunch of people from a bunch of different places that said, "Hey, this doesn't work." And they and were able it to said, hey, there's a lot of free resources around here. If we can just get rid of the people that were here before. Sure. But, I mean, who do you blame there? You you still blame Europe, right? Um, well, yeah. I mean, it's that's uh, not the point. No, it's not if the you point. Wanna, if you want to look at, like, apples to apples, young country that utilize its resources, good and bad. Yeah. That's our one advantage. Now, how long do we... St- you know, fig- you know, do we keep figuring it out? I have no clue. One of the things you said was that earlier was talking about how America acts like we own democracy and we, that we, we want to be the example of democracy, that democracy can work ar- around the globe. And the thing that came to mind for me is our efforts to undermine democracy... <laughs> Especially in South America. Um, well, that's coming back to roost. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, there's there were all of these times where there were democratic governments that were installed, and we didn't like the way that things were going. And so we sent some people in to change things up and to install somebody that was going to be more favorable to the things that we wanted from that country. So, speaking of that, so our, our president had the... Um, the meeting or the summit of the Americas, mm-hmm. which I think is a subtle nod to the fact that we're the only country that says there are seven continents. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? This <laughs> is America. Which one? America. <laughs> North America. South co- America. Yeah. When I I remember as a kid, I was going to school in Europe, and there were only six continents. Of course, I also learned the metric system. I didn't learn the uh, the standard. Imperial. S- yeah. <laughs> Imperial, that's what it's called. I still think in metric, which is so sad. <laughs> I have to convert stuff in my head. Uh, but, you know, that's a, that's all another conversation. But Mexico snubbed the U.S. And because Nicaragua, um, Cuba, and Venezuela were not invited. Well, okay. But... Who cares, right? Why is that a big deal? Those three I think countries probably care, but why? Cuba is a, it, it's a, it does it shouldn't matter. Like we shouldn't be playing these political favorites for you know Central and South America. Like we it just 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 shouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. And, and at any rate, we should just pull out of any influence of those countries. That sounds very, very harsh. But I was thinking about the fact that they're trying to say that the 2,000, I think 200 people coming to the border is another border crisis. Okay. Try going to Australia. Try going to uh, a non-EU country. Try going to Canada from even the States. It's pretty difficult. 
like the whole fact that we've we've made it to where like this land of opportunity thing is means easy immigration is a terrible like it's a terrible path we can't we can't contain that you try moving to australia you try moving to uh to europe yeah. if you try moving to europe that you have to have like two hundred fifty thousand dollars liquid cash prove what you're going to do to like to take care of yourself blah 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 yeah. And we're like, well, I just want to come in because of blah. We we should make it just as difficult as other countries make it difficult. I am certainly not for open borders in the sense that, like, anybody who wants to come should be able to come, right? Like, that just no checks, no balances, yeah, nothing along that. those lines. Um, and, yeah, like, I think there should be requirements for sure. I think... Asylum is obviously a slightly different case. Sure. But there needs to be, like, some sort of plan or time limit, right, along those. Like, again, I think we were talking about, we started off talking about gun control, and I think that it's one of those where it's like, there are commonalities in what most of us want, right? Like, we're not willing to listen to what those are or to identify them and find them in order to actually put practical solutions into place you know like closing the borders completely to say nobody in or out right right horrible idea never gonna happen uh building a wall also not an effective is i'm gonna say it's not even that it's never gonna happen but it can never be enforced well yeah that too yeah Uh, um opening everything and having no security whatsoever also terrible idea in a semi-related note, I made the mistake of watching Liam Nielsen's um, Marksman movie <laughs> about him being a semi-border patrol agent that saves a little Mexican kid. Um, I couldn't make it through. The white savior complex was so thick. I felt so sick watching that. Of course. Like, <sighs> we, we have we have a lot of, like, you know... Uh, white saviors? Self-imposed white saviors? I... Uh, I, I I think I'm torn. I think that as I look back on, like, Uvalde was literally like eight days, if I remember correctly, from Buffalo. Yeah. Right? Remember when we talked about George Floyd? Yep. And I said, hey, I think something's different. Something's different about this. And what was different was that everybody across the globe got to see it. Yeah. Uvalde, I think... And I, and I, I didn't fact check myself, but I believe those are the the youngest victims in a um, a mass shooting in this country. I think they are. I want to believe they are. I I can't. I'll, maybe I'll fact my, fact check myself later, but you would think that this country cares enough about the quote unquote future, especially pro life people, especially pro life people. I've heard that argument said a couple of times since. Yep, one of hypocrites for um, not making the changes necessary to protect those kids, especially with the whole um, uh, resource officer argument has been going on. Yeah, with the, uh, it, it, I, I don't know if I agree. I don't actually. No, I don't agree. I don't agree with the argument of like, oh, we should, you know. 
have one exit in and out. That's stupid. <laughs> it's like a fire hazard. You know, we should have more well, cops no, in school. It's not like a fire hazard. It very much is. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. Yeah, more you know, cops we, in school, except the statistics show that that's actually a horrible Makes idea. things worse. Yeah. Like, I makes, don't need cops in school. more violent, more lethal. And, also and there's only more, been two more. documented in, uh, cases of a resource officer or school police officer stopping, stopping a, a mass shooting. Other than and they were like almost 20, having, 20 years apart. It's been, it's been proven that having a resource officer in the, in the school creates an opportunity for children to be considered felons way before they actually you know develop yeah, yeah i actually just watched a documentary about that like, I, I think we I, have I live a, that <laughs> I, I live that experience instead of share getting your story if you want joe sure why not it's pretty simple you're a felon no well they thought it was so this is before i moved to went to college and everything in hawaii i um I was sent to my local high school, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I, I was very angry at that time, but I told myself again, four months until the school year is over, I'll just keep to myself. I won't make any friends. I'll just shut up. And I was doing I was ghosting very well until this one kid kept getting under my like under my skin, and he was the son of the the coach. And he was he was known to do drugs. He was known to do pills. And on one particular day, he pushed it too far. And my friend was trying to tell him, no, I'm not interested. He grabbed her, and I struck him in the back of the head with a physical science book. Then put my stuff away, picked my stuff up, and walked myself to the office to turn myself in because I struck, I struck a fellow student. So to their surprise, I turned myself in. Actually, I was actually the one that st- I stopped the resource officer who was heading to that, to that classroom and I told him hey that was me I'm on my way to the office okay he went with me it was very cordial very they were very confused because apparently no one does that so afterwards they asked me <laughs> he totally you know, like self-snitched <laughs> yeah and everyone asked me like why, you know why'd I do that and I told them and they're like I'm like you know are you aware that this kid that this kid sells and does drugs in the school and they're like impossible this is a school this is a drug-free campus for four years now I'm like, okay, one, that's a very short amount of years to be bragging. And I said, two, um, well, I've been watching him long enough. I know everywhere he hides his drugs and who he hides the drugs with. So you snitched on everybody, yeah? You damn right I did. And they found his drugs. They found his pills. They found his marijuana. They found all of that. And then next thing you know, resource officer comes in to verify with the principal. And then now the principal doesn't want to, you know, press charges or anything. She just wants. She just wants to. She, she tried threatening me with like that. You know, you can be. That could be because they're assault and they could press charges. And you can go to jail, juvenile jail, and all that. And uh, but after they actually, there was some legitimacy to my claim. They uh, they said, well, we're going to suspend you for two weeks. And after those two weeks, I come back and the resource officer stops me and my father at the gates of the school and said that I am not welcome to come back to this school. And that leads to that we get that result eventually, but years later, I, I'm an adult now. I'm trying to get an apartment, and the apartment complex says I have a warrant for my arrest. And I asked them, you know, what because warrants have dates. I'm like, where? When was the date on that? 
they said it was back in 2010. I'm like, well, in 2010, I was in high school. I was a juvenile. So what the hell happened? What was that about? Turned out, because I created an incident and the resource officer was, was involved, he had to take documentation out against me in his report. And because it was documentation, they felt they they, they, they issued a warrant for my arrest. And I was not even 18 yet. I wasn't even 17 yet when that happened. Were you 16? So I think, I'm pretty sure I was 16 or just so about So I, I know in North Carolina, like when I was younger, if you were anything that happened before you were 17, no, 16, got expunged and then it changed into 17. It's, it was a 17 lot of people when I was a kid, yeah. Yeah, they got, ca- you got caught up. Age 17, you get uh, expunged. But so that created a whole legal thing where I had to hire a lawyer as an adult to expunge something on a criminal record for a juvenile. Just to be told by the court, there's nothing to expunge because you are juvenile. All that's gone now. But you can't issue a warrant without having a charge. So they didn't charge you. How can they issue a warrant? And that's why I'm telling you, resource officers aren't necessarily. Man, I should have gone to law school. They monkey, they monkey up, up the situation more than necessary. I haven't met like many situations where resource officer was a good alternative to this to what a school could do. So, but the issues aren't. So, let me be clear. We're we're still talking about the symptom as opposed to the root cause. The root yeah, cause exactly. is that people can get guns. Yeah. Like, let's just talk about that for a little bit. Like, yeah, I mean that. I think that's one of the underlying things here is that so many of the recent shootings that we've seen were committed with guns that were obtained legally by the people who ultimately committed the acts. These aren't right. You know, kids that stole guns from their parents or that bought them on the streets. These are people who went to a store, bought these guns, bought tons of ammunitions, and then went and committed an atrocity. Like, what is wrong with that picture, ultimately? How How do we not look at that and say, something needs to change so that the people in these states, and not like states like California or Texas, but like in these states of mind aren't able to easily obtain these weapons that allow them to go out and, and commit these things. Like, I just don't... Am I am I wrong in feeling that way? Or am I, I still I, missing the point? Like, I'm missing the point because I personally feel like every every instance there's... Like, you see this echoing of, oh, it's a, it's a mental health problem. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's not. Yeah. You it, know, Texas... And this is a fun fact. So... Maybe we should look this up and put a chart. Texas is a state that actually has, I think they're like number 45 or 47 in resources towards mental health. They actually have cut a lot of mental health programs as well. Yeah. But there's the, the Governor Abbott was like, oh, it's a mental health problem. Even though like, he well, vetoed multiple bills that would have, or maybe he didn't veto, but yeah, you're absolutely right. That like The state of Texas has gone out of its way to not provide additional mental health resources, but wants to blame the school shooting on mental health. So it's like, what are you, what are you talking? You can't have it both ways here. So I, I'm really... You can when you're, not, when you're not trying to have the conversation... And you're really sure. just trying to get people to vote in a or get people what, on what, your... What are they voting for? Like, the, the inevitability Their right of, to own a gun is what Chris, it, I mean, I'm just I, saying. I hear, like, I'm, I, I hear you, but I'm saying, like, let's look beyond that. The inevitability of this eventually happening 
if it happens so frequently in this country, the window of protection is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. You can't go to church, you can't go to school, you can't go to the grocery store, you can't have a confrontation. You can't wear a mask you, in the movie theaters anymore. You can't, you can't, yeah, you can't go to a movie theater. There's a, the, the, the ability for this situation to happen to you is multiplying. The, the frequency is increasing. It's inevitable. Eventually, like, I'll be honest, I know it sounds kind of messed up, but what happens when one of these, like, what happens if Judge Kavanaugh gets killed? Right. I, I don't know. I mean, right? I, so I think I told you after the Buffalo shooting when we were texting that they, the people who could do something about this, meaning the people who are already elected officials, feel insulated from these events. They don't see this as something that can ultimately affect them. And so it's a large part of the reason that they don't push harder to get something done or that they actively stand in the way of change right. occurring on these things. And that it won't be until something actually directly affects them that their mind would be changed. And to be very clear, I am not saying that that's something that I want to have happen. But I don't think that there's anything else. And honestly, I don't even know that that would be enough for some of those. You're probably people. right. I agree with you that they'll 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 most likely be a big PR stunt about you know how we need to do, we need to do something we need to band together but it would just get completely so, mellowed out by whatever else they want to talk about. Instead. Remember the congressional softball game? Yeah, people got lit up there. Yep, <laughs> they really they really don't get it. They, it was it was the Republican saying it was mental health. Yep. There's a lot of things where it's just like you guys are you're missing the. The big picture here. Well, and that it was Democrats committing the violence. Right. Oy. <laughs> <laughs> and that is not to say that Democratic, you know, people who vote Democratic or for the Democratic Party are do violent. not commit violence. Like, I'm not right. saying that they're incapable of violence. I'm just saying, like, that's where this, that's where we went, right? The, the answer was blame the Democrats. It all became partisan once again. Instead of it being like, my God, we guys, we have a problem. Then something needs to be done about this. It was, no, you're the ones with the problem. You need to get your base <laughs> under control. Well, okay, let's pass le legislation that would prevent them from getting... Well, no, not like that. All <laughs> right, let's make mental health resources. Well, no, 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 not, not like we that. We can't do that. How are but you going to pay for that? Let's put more police officers in school, though. That'll fix it. <laughs> Here, here's what I'll say this again, and I don't want this to be taken out of context. We have found a lot of money to send to Ukraine. Yeah. We have found an, a, an ungodly amount of money to be sent to Ukraine. For whatever reason. Oh, it's it's all the hustle. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's like the... Um, but I do believe that, and I'm not... And I, please don't take it I. It's not to say don't help go, Ukraine. Right? Yeah, go big or go home, right? Like, you got to fix things and fix them the right way. You've got to encourage people to want to fix things the right way. We got to stop the whole, like, um, I, I don't know, man. Like, I was, I was, I'm just frustrated. It's like, if the geo, if, 
here's two things that I've been thinking about. If the GOP believes that this is a polarizing subject, they are correct. If China and Russia believe that this country is going to eat this eat itself up from the inside, they are correct. I don't have confidence in our so-called elected ruling class to make the right decisions. Yeah. Let me repeat that. I don't have confidence in our so-called elected ruling class that they'll make the right decisions. I secondly do not have confidence in our, uh, our, our news media to be to do their jobs. And I should have sent this clip, and maybe I'll find it, and we can probably add it to this. Of how many times, channel after channel, parrots a script of issues. They, they're not the bastions of freedom of speech. You know, CNN makes the news for actually stopping the fact <laughs> that they're going to stop saying breaking news. Yeah. They make breaking news by stop, you know, by not using breaking news. I, there is a lack of confidence in the, if our, if our opposition, if our ops in, in, in the global theater are like really trying to like, like call us out. They're not wrong, man. I hate to say it. No, they're not. They're but that's that's part of what we talked about earlier with this like ideal of uh, idea of American exceptionalism, right? This belief that this is the best it can possibly be because America is the greatest country in the world, and whatever we do is automatically the best that anybody could possibly do. So we can't look at what other countries do to try and make ourselves better because then we'd be admitting that we're not the greatest country in the world, that we don't do everything right. If, that, if all things you just said are true, then that's pretty scary. But I don't, I don't see any, any proof to the fact that that's not true at this point. I mean, at what, like... We pulled out of the uh, the Paris Climate Accord in large part because Trump didn't want to admit that other countries might have the answer that America didn't have. Well, Trump's an idiot. He is. But, it, but and maybe that's just a horrible example. Yeah, that's a terrible, because everything you say, I'm like, and Trump's an idiot. Like, why, like, how did, and yet, he, got he got elected. He, he got elected because there's a, a it, it's it, there's a group of this country that feels they're getting left behind. That is a valid fact. Like we cannot ignore the fact that their concerns are legit. The problem we have is in our democratic society is that we don't address that. We point fingers all day. Like we and we hope on idiots like uh, Joe Man. Or not, I don't want to call him an idiot, but we hope on people like Joe Manchin. And Kristen Cinema, who can't, and they don't even feel obligated to talk to the constituents about why and how they make the decisions they make, because they're getting paid by not dark money, but money right in front of your face. And the media won't say it because their their incentive is to play. Gosh, I, oh man, this like blew me up. So there's this new, um, there's a new pack, and they've got this ad. Let me look them up. Uh, Facebook is the a major donor. Uh, <laughs> the Edge Project. Mm -hmm. That's I don't have to look it up because it 
It's this guy. He's in Arizona. He owns a water company. He's trying to say, like, you know, the, the government shouldn't impede tech companies because we'll lose the edge to China. Inflation is the worst it's been in 40 years. American families are struggling to make ends meet. But instead of controlling costs, Congress is pushing anti-innovation legislation that will destroy American jobs, weaken our national security, and empower China at our expense. 84% of Americans say this is the wrong agenda at the wrong time. Tell Congress to focus on getting inflation under control. Tell them to stop undercutting America's tech innovators. And I'm like, that sounds pretty... That's a baited message. Yeah. And I'm like, who owns the Edge Project? Who's donating to the Edge Project? Oh, shocking. It's Facebook. We, we have let these groups of, of classes, like, just multiply in our country. Yeah, we let our, our government be bought at this point. I mean, that's like... That's what we get. Yeah. We... It... It got to a point where running campaigns became very expensive. Collecting small donations from individual donors became very difficult. And so they pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed to be able to accept money from large groups. Companies, corporations are people, you know? Except. Uh, except when it comes to liability or taxation or literally anything other than putting money into the pockets of politicians. Yeah, without, any, without oversight, yeah. Yeah. Um... It's these packs, horrible idea, horrible idea. Who thought that that was a good idea? Stupid. It's basically it's, lobbying without being lobbyists, like without having to register for anything. <laughs> well, it's because somebody like that may not be me is not going to look and say, "Who is the Edge Project?" Right. What 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 would be their intentions of making this because, message? I mean, and this all comes back to, in my mind, this all comes back to the same conversation we've had over and over again on this podcast about the complete lack of critical thinking that exists within our society as a whole. That it's just well, com like gone by the wayside. That people aren't willing to to do anything that isn't just be lazy about how they think and what they think that the moment they're told something that confirms their worldview it doesn't matter where it came from it doesn't matter whether or not it's true now i know that i was right but what what what's really sad for me is that everybody's double dipping i saw that commercial on cnn yeah multiple times and there's they you know they try to uh, like, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I don't trust the media. That's not my intent. My intent is, like, you'll, you do, you'll serve yourself better, just like stopping the breaking news shit, to gain people's trust and keep it and maintain it if you're honest, if you refuse advertising dollars. Uh, I want to talk about Jimmy Kimmel and uh, the president on... Uh, last night, I didn't. Well, I didn't say I'd like to watch it. That's um, a good segue, though, because that was one of the things that Biden talked about. President Biden talked about in that interview was that look at what has happened to the media in this country, and it wasn't. I don't think that he intended it to be like a mic drop or you know like a gotcha media, but more like a legitimately like take a look. And I, I just want to be clear: we've 
we talk a lot about Trump and how much we dislike him. We've talked in the past about President Biden and the fact that we generally, I think, you know, are fans of his. But it's not, I don't think everything he does is perfect, you know. I don't, I don't sit here and look for every opportunity to be like, yeah, Joe, you go get him. Um, yeah. I, you know, like there not were you, things Joe, that, yeah, <laughs> there were things he said in that interview that I didn't necessarily agree with. But that was one of the things that stuck out to me. In that it has gotten, I mean, it's this erosion of trust in the institutions because they don't deserve it in a lot of cases anymore. Is it because they don't deserve it or because that it's become so, um, our, our attention is so fleeting that they have to figure out ways to grab your attention, right? Which actually erodes integrity okay because for example you take a chris cuomo when they were like when cnn and and time or warner media was backed against the wall they had to do something to show that please don't lose your uh please don't lose your trust in our integrity to report the news right because that's their cash cow forget the personality it's the cash cow. Yeah. Apparently, there was pressure on Fox News about why aren't they showing the January 6th, yeah. um, like primetime crap. And apparently, they changed it because people are like, yeah, that's a, you know, your freedom of the press crap is crap when it's, it's, it's like the dystopian uh, Japanese, like, futures and, like, all the, you know, uh, like, punk space Animes, like, you know, animes like the everything's a corporation. So except animes are better. <laughs> yeah, you're right, right. But you see my point. Like there's a there's a limit to. I, I don't know what I'm saying, but I. Yeah, he's not wrong. Like I'm not like I don't agree with everything that President Biden says. Um, I think you you said a couple of things. I think. You talked about how you will media media organizations will do better in the long run to tell the truth, to report the truth, and to do it with integrity and honesty. And yet, I think we've seen time and time again where that's not happening. And I don't know if it's just that they haven't learned that that's what they need to be doing. That it's it's not. Yes, there is a, a competition for our fleeting attention, right? Things come at us faster than they ever have before. We have a device in our pockets that makes it easier for us to gain access to information, whether it's you know accurate or not. Um, but I don't know that falling in line with that ultimately makes those media organizations... Right, like we, I think we're admitting that that doesn't make them better. It's, it's aggregation. It's th- I think that's the media's problem. Okay. I could probably watch every ma- major media or read every outlet's like news stream for the day, and I'm almost guaranteed to find that it's the same story. Yeah, and I th- I think that for some reason. Whether it's political, you know, science, or whatever. Yeah, actually, science is the rarity. Um, even com- like computer stuff, mm-hmm. it's all aggregated. Yeah. It, well, it's and, somebody I mean, the, else the chopping sources up this- themselves have been aggregated. Right. Right? Like, that's the other thing you were talking about earlier is it's like you can sit there and watch, 
you know, 50 different local news stations that are all reading from the same script. And it's not some mass conspiracy to feed you information. It's because they're all owned by the same corporations. Right. I think that's the news media's problem. I think that is the issue that they are, that's going to, it's going to make the freedom of the press argument very, like, mute in, in like, the next 10 years. Well, I think that coupled with a lack of, or or maybe it's, like, the the death in a lot of ways of investi- of true investigative journalism. Sure. You know? I don't disagree. Like, I remember watching, um, I can't remember the name of the movie now, but it's the one with Robert Redford and um, Dustin Hoffman where they're the... I surely don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) I know this is, but it was talking about Watergate, basically the Watergate scandal and the two reporters for um, I think it was the Washington Post. I actually saw those guys. They they they're on a press circuit right now. Um, But they were you know them doing the actual like investigative journalism to get to the heart of the story, and those types of things I just don't think happen like they used to because there's not the money in it that long term like the investment it takes time wise and otherwise yeah no, joe's got something is that a chinook they found you joe um they just they fly closer is it's a it's an osprey but they fly closer yeah. to my house every fucking day <laughs> <laughs> I was outside doing some yard work, and I just I can see the I can read the numbers underneath the fucking blades. I'm like, what the fuck? And, like, and I look I looked at my neighbor off top of here, little like, little humor, but I like talk. I looked at my neighbor. I'm like, they're doing this on purpose. They just want to see how close they get to our house before we call and complain. Like, and every fucking oh, time they do that, my do DVDs that. start falling off from my wall, and I have to put them back. Yep. <laughs> But you're you're not wrong. There there is no there. People try. People try to report. Like I get pissed off when I see like the Washington Post. They're they're giving tapes of what people are seeing behind closed doors mm-hmm. that sure as hell could have helped last year. Oh yeah. Right. Or all of the people that were part of the Trump administration that loved to spill the beans. Now that they've got a book that they're releasing well i knew this was treason but i didn't say anything at the time because i wanted to keep my job until i could write a book and make some money on it what you got joe all the president's men 1976 thank you when you said it i reckon i remember the movie because that was the one movie my grandfather forced me to watch over and over and over and over again i was born that year it's a great film it's a really really good film yeah they did typewriters uh, it's sexy yeah i mean (laughs) Robert Redford in the 70s. Man. Um, I knew he looked familiar when I was watching um, um, Winter Soldier. I was like, why does that guy look so fucking familiar? Yeah. <laughs> well, I do know. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, again, to the point, there's what they're reporting now, right, is stuff that's not helpful in the moment. It's stuff that, that like you're saying, needed to be reported a year ago when they got this information um the and it doesn't make any sense that it's delayed now when they have literally the ability to hit a button and send it out to the entire world all at once you know like that's that's why if i could find if you're an, an an independent journalist out there and maybe we should start a list i will like there was a couple guys in ukraine as a matter of fact which is what gave me the idea I will get a list, and I will I will send you money for you to do your job. 
So I literally like, had a thought like earlier this year for, for for combative journalism. Or journalists in <laughs> period, like real true journalists, right? I I was debating whether or not I should go back to school and go to journalism school. Why do you need to go to school? We just do it. Oh, just to make sure you that have I do the it platform. Right. You have the podcast. You can guise this as part of your journalism. Yeah, but like, I feel avenue. like I want to. I want to understand the the basics of like journalistic integrity and like well, get sources a, get and journalism all of that for stuff. dummies. Just do the exact opposite of whatever of you whatever see on CNN is doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's that. Like, I mean, but I thought about that too. You know, um, Which I don't know. I, n- well, both. Um, Chris, that I've thought Chris. about the fact that we have a platform. That like this is something that I could just start doing tomorrow if I right. wanted to. Chris, y- yes, Joe. Stop overthinking it. You're already doing it right now. You're literally yeah, doing do it, it right now. All you have I to do is find. Not. All you have to do is become your own source for a couple things, and boom, <laughs> you're official. Well, fun fact: Caitlin Collins was a blogger, and then she got picked up by CNN. Like real talk. So yeah, and I, that, so, to be honest, the, that's the opposite of what I want to have happen to me. Like I don't want to. No, but, but I hear the, what you're the saying. Bar- the barrier to entry is no longer what it used to be. Yeah, uh, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. That what seventy to eighty percent of all uh, journalists are Ivy League or yeah. Ivy League or uh, they uh, come from upper class families. Yep. Yeah, there, there's their bias in their stories, right? There's a bias in the things they cover. Yeah, you can't trust that. Maybe I just need to watch more yeah. journalist movies. They fucking you know? make reviews on yeah. Quiche. Who makes reviews on Quiche? Mm. Fuck Quiche. I mean, why is the Today Show, <laughs> and which I really enjoy, why is that considered a news story, like a, like a news show? I don't know. It's an entertain. It's it an is. entertainment show. But same with Fox uh, News, right? They're not actually. You ever notice it's Fox News Channel? Yeah, I don't. It's I don't, not fo- just Fox News. Like Fox News is not actually a news station. It's a because don't disagree. It, be, because it is cable and not broadcast. They are not held to the same standards as ABC, CBS, and those guys when they're doing actual news, like the things that they label as news. There are different standards that the FCC holds those broadcast stations to because they are broadcast over, you know, uh, public airways. Pub, public airways, but because it is cable news. CNN. Which still uses which still uses the same band to communicate. So but, I think that yeah, it, I think there's hypocrisy there. Oh, I mean, there's hypocrisy almost everywhere, except on the yeah. Chris and Andre show. <laughs> no, obviously, we've probably been hypocrites at times too. But I try not to be. But I, I, I me too. I, I think in the middle of the road is there. You know, and I'll go back to the conversation I had a couple weeks ago with ten different people about guns, and and I think this is like. It's a serious topic, and we've figured out a way to actually have the conversation. There, there's a there's an air over the country where we're just not engaging anymore. Even people that want to be engaged in the process are. I have a sense that people are losing faith in our system to actually fix it. And I, I'm I'm really starting to believe, and just from what I see in in Congress and their representation. That we've created like false elected classes. We've created false, uh, like classes of people that don't really exist. Like how we look at the media, how we look at social media. And this, this is not the crap on social media, but it's just saying like we are creating layers in a class system and a caste system uh, yeah. in our country. <laughs> 
You said those I'm, literally the word that was stuck in my head as you were saying this. I'm like, yeah, it's a cast system. That's exactly what it is. Like, so unknowingly, why don't you guys check we me have out for a second? We were talking, we're, you know, we we're talking about you know John Oliver and Stephen Colbert and um, all of them in reference to their their info news shows. Yeah, the infotainment. Yeah. So it's interesting that you said that. So I was like, I look, I was like, you know what? At what point does satire become? Like real news, just like does it become commentary? Yeah, it becomes actual commentary in the situation, and especially with John Oliver's most recent um, video about the school resource officers, they're Mm -hmm. they're getting very on topic and very they're getting noticed quite a bit. Other than you know us watching it for for fun or for you know for for actual information, if you type in you know the tonight the late night last week tonight with John Oliver. Underneath it pops up the episode list and when they were aired like a normal TV show does. Mm-hmm. Just go a little bit, little bit further down, and he's actually news. He is news. You know, you got news outlets like the New York Post doing entire segments reporting on what, him. He, what he yeah, talks so you about. Had, yep. Yeah, Deadline, Rolling Stones, all these different news outlets are actually springboarding off of what he's saying and creating real news. So but, maybe maybe it's we as a nation are so sick and tired of the realistic approach to how news is shared, and we we're jaded, and that just having somebody put you know put a veneer of irony and social commentary on something that's actually happening makes it more digestible. Or maybe we don't trust the news media, right? Oh and no, I don't. they have no. They're not interested in doing their jobs. I like think I, I'm really. I have more faith swear, that Playboy magazine will put up a credible article than than New York Times. I I well, me too. I think that, <laughs> honestly, I think it's somewhere in the middle, and that's not just to be like, you know, the third voice in the room is like, guys, I think we're both saying the same thing. Um, <laughs> I think there is like it's both really. Like I think there's a there's a level of jadedness. There's a level of distrust. There's a level of wanting to be of needing these horrible things to be presented in a more digestible format and that it's it's so right it's nauseating to sit there and watch even like local news on a regular basis Mm. because you feel like sometimes it's overwhelming how bad everything seems right and so you turn to stuff like these guys where you're getting a not the same information but you're getting a lot of the same types of topics things that they're talking about that are very serious that are impacting having very negative real world impacts on people from a very different light yeah and they mix just a little bit of humor then just a little bit of entertainment in there but at the end of it like i think john stewart was one of the ones that did it really really well you know 15 years ago with the daily show where it was like guys this is crazy but when you walked away from it, like you were still thinking, like, "Wow, he's right." Like, on the flip side of it, you'll have like somebody from the Washington Post that at, went to the uh, correspondence center that said, "But Trevor Noah is just a comedian." Right. Yeah. And so yet, my, more people my, trust Trevor Noah and John Oliver <laughs> to get their information about this country than they do the news media from this country. Right, and I, I think that, and you're you're probably not wrong. There's a little bit of everything mixed in there. Um, maybe the country is becoming cynical. Maybe the country is jaded on on, on how we 
or they need so, like more palatable like ways to digest the information. I don't know. I don't because this generation that. is soft. We need to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and eat our news with a. We don't wear boots anymore. We're Crocs. So anybody that would ever <laughs> tell me that, anybody that would ever tell me that, I would say, well, you're you're softer, because when things get hard for me and I have to do the work, I'm going to do the work. Your argument is not. Ah, uh, you are. No, but uh, see, I'm a tough. I'll no, tell no. find out. You, you, you do that, and I like. I've seen you do that. Like I know that that's you. I don't know how many other people fit that same bill. Like, and I'm well, not just saying from like new generations and stuff, but just across the board. This is where I think like the the critical thinking point that I was making earlier about that people are so lazy that when they hear something that confirms their worldview, they don't bother to fact check it. They don't bother to see where the source is coming from. If it makes them feel better about whatever it is that they're going through or, or whatever shit is happening in their life, then they'll just swallow it and blame somebody else. It's like that's the thing that seems to be to be assumed so, or accepted more often than not is when you're so, when you're blaming somebody else. Well, well, well. I'll just I'll wrap it up with this. I think this is what like where my emotional state keeps going back to. We keep letting ugly, dirty things happen in this country. We kill somebody and we record it and we show the whole world for nine minutes. We kill our elderly. And we talk about it and we hope and we send thoughts and prayers that that's going to fix it. We keep killing our children. We say, hey, go to school and learn. And by the way, just duck. And I mean, preschoolers, I, my daughter was literally the last day of school. They practice mass shooter scenarios where they're hiding underneath tables and stuff like that. And using I, their book bags I, to guard them, block themselves. And I'm like. When she so when my when my six year old told me that I was like, oh shit, <laughs> like I can't. <laughs> I I'm grateful that um, I'm grateful my kids aren't in school anymore because that's one more thing I'd have to worry about. Um, I mean, I already have to worry about them not being white in this country. I don't <laughs> want them to have to be a target in school. I think we're a country of people that are we are soft. It's not millennials. It's not Gen Z or whoever you want to blame it on. It's not a generational thing. I think that is getting so played out. It's not a generational problem. It's the fact that we as a country don't have the balls to do the right thing. We don't understand what a say I won't moment is. Until it's your kid that gets killed in school. Until it's your grandmother that dies of COVID. Until it's we don't give a flying shit about anybody but ourselves. And we pretend that we do. And that's what I that's what I keep concluding. I'm like, I don't think we care. I don't believe we care. And the reason I, I really don't believe we care is that I don't know if I could sit, literally hold a, a an office that could influence that, whether it be local, state, or government, and not do something different the minute it happened. I just couldn't. There's some things I'm just not going to bend on. And it's not about people being soft. You don't believe in what you're saying. You just don't. You don't value life. Even if you want to give me the Second Amendment argument, sure, okay. But tell me where the Second Amendment says that you should have, because you have a 
a technical advantage over your opponent, you should take advantage of it. Is that in there? It's not. Is the target of your aggression the government? It was not. So whatever we say we believe, it's bullshit. I, and I'm, I'm going to cap it off with the cherry. The generational thing is... That's gonna that's gonna end this country in a tailspin. We have we have turned us against them internally as a country. And I think that's dangerous. I don't think there's anything wrong with with a millennial saying, Hey, I don't want to work seventy hours a week for forty thousand dollars a week. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a very rational Shit, thing to I say. Would gladly work that much for that much money. I'm never gonna come close to that. Just shut up! You're ruining this for everybody else. Fuck it! Everyone else can have what they want. I want. I want. I need. I need forty thousand dollars. <laughs> it's not my point. <laughs> you're only gonna get like twenty six take home. I don't, yeah, let's <laughs> do it. That's still more than. A, that's still more than a full time firefighter. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with somebody saying, "Hey, college is expensive." That's literally what people are saying. College is expensive. There is no real true ROI. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not about you getting more than what I was. No, the way we look at our problems is so archaic. It's irrational. And we wonder why we can't solve this gun problem. Yep. It's not a can. We say it's, it's mental health. It's not mental health. Mental health doesn't give this person a gun. Like has nothing to do with it. Mental health has nothing to do with him buying three hundred plus rounds of ammunition, or a bump stock. None, none of those things or are a true. Pistol grip. Or a pistol grip. Mental health doesn't say, well, we need to sing one in entry into a school. Or drug but it, there, there's a lot of things where it's like we it. can't even talk about things and be honest about them. Or suppressors. And we blame it on, well, this generation. This, it's not the generation. How do, your kids learn to lie because you as a parent taught your kids to lie the minute you said, we can't go to the park because I got homework. I got home from work late. Your lazy ass doesn't want to take your kid to the park. Just say you don't want to take him to the park. Those are, be, be honest and truthful about things. Stop. Yeah, if you've so been you honest and truth with them, they'll understand when you have to tell them why you can't do something. Yeah, kids learn things yeah. because of what parents teach them and expose them to, not because of some generational gap. You think kids just, you know, miraculously appeared out of nowhere? No, it's not true. It just it bothers me this whole generational thing. Well, who taught your kid to be racist? The same people that taught the people that were kids when my mom was a kid to call my mom a nigger. They had kids. And what did they teach them? The same thing that I still had to deal with at almost 46 years old. It's not a generational problem. Well, it is. But the parents have got to take responsibility. Yeah. So I, I, I hope as a country, I, I hope as a country we can actually, you know, learn how to have these conversations the right way. I doubt it. I really... I don't believe we care enough. Nobody's going to care enough until the problem hits their front door. And by then it'll be way too late. Yep.
Well, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up our conversation on the big rant, uh, talking about gun control for tonight. I know it was a pretty heavy subject, and uh, we appreciate you sticking with us for the whole thing. Obviously, we have some very strong opinions on this. It probably won't be the last time we talk about this, because unfortunately, this is probably not, not the end. last yeah. time that we're going to have some tragedy like this occur in this country. But, um, you know, there's definitely something that all of us can do to make a change in this. So... Um, have those conversations I think is what it really boils down to <clears throat> we really appreciate you guys joining us uh, as always you can find us on social media uh, Facebook, Instagram I'm no longer on Twitter because I deleted the Twitter app from my phone and I've never been happier um, you can listen to us if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star review. Let us know which, how much you love the show. Uh, you can watch us on YouTube. Also, be sure to subscribe, like the video, and hit the little notification bell so that you get alerts whenever we post something new. Um, I don't know. Anything else that I'm leaving out here? Oh, yeah. If you got something you want to share with us, sorry. You can email us at comments at christianandreshow.com. Uh, you can reach me directly at chris at christianandreshow.com. You can always find me at andre at christianandreshow.com. And friend of the show, Joe. Look up Fireside Joe on TikTok. This close to 1,000 followers. And when I that stop. happens, I'll do weekly bonfires. So people can just chill That's out and weird. watch. What? Okay. It's, it's part of my name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to use a second cell phone for something. Just... <laughs> yeah. It's always, it's always. I just thought about I can have different types of stuffed animals and people can vote on which one to burn. There's an idea. That, that's a little bit weirder. But that could okay. work. As always, we'll. <laughs> I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. <laughs> and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs> hey guys, it's Chris from the Chris and Andre Show here. Just wanted to say thanks for checking out our show. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would, subscribe, like, make sure to hit the notification bell so you get alerts when we post new videos, and leave a comment with your favorite part of the most recent episode that you watched. We'll see you on the next one.